Welcome to the game with Glenn Quartermain and Adrian Barrage. Quarter's a veteran footy scribe with hands so small he can only carry two pints. And Barra, an Eagles original, Perth Demons diehard and regular face on Channel 7. Hello, Adrian Barrage here from 7 News. He'll tell you about the 1991 grand final, except he got dropped after the prelim. We don't promise any fancy sound effects or bells and whistles. It's just two blokes talking football. Yes, and hello and welcome to the Quarters and Barra podcast. We are brought to you by Tab Touch. Please gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help on 1800 858 858 if you have any issues. I am Glenn Quartermain, Senior Sports Writer for the West Australian. With me is Adrian Barrich, Channel 7 legend, former Eagle and Perth Demons Football Club president. Still coming down off his high after a victory at the weekend. Barra, how was the weekend? Um, I've got the lurgy. I'm that, I was that excited. That's what's happened. So that's why I'm not in the studio. But um, yeah, it was great beating South Fremantle at Fremantle Oval. We we haven't done that very often the Perth Footy Club. So it was really good. Peter German was in good form, and young Jaden Hunter, 21 year old, he kicked five goals against the Bulldogs. And I thought, oh, surely he's not going to go in the mid-season draft. Surely they're not going to pluck him. But I think now, after the five goals. I think Richmond, Essendon, and uh, even the Dockers are knocking on the door now. So I know we'll talk about the mid-season draft a bit later, but yeah, it's a, it's a strange situation losing him at the, your best player mid-season, I can tell you. So let's just go through a few more pressing matters. Uh, we'll talk about the mid-season draft tomorrow evening in a moment, but first things first, uh, Fremantle, a great win over Melbourne at the weekend, but Jager O'Meara, um, he's been pinged for a sling tackle. He's been given one week. They are going to challenge that. Does he get off and should he get off? Well, I've got to say that and maybe I'm influenced by the fact that I know Jager. He's a Perth player. He's from Dongra, a quality person. Um, and I didn't really think – I mean, you, you'll probably argue with me here, but I didn't think there was a lot in it. The guy wasn't injured. Um, and to cop one week, I'm glad – it was Charlie Spargo, the player. I'm glad they're challenging it. He, he went careless conduct, medium impact – high contact, uh, it didn't look like medium impact to me. So um, I'm hoping he gets off, and I, I feel like I feel like maybe he will, but I think I, I, I guess you're going to contend that, are you? Well, my point is, I mean, this is the action they've been pinging people for for a week, right? It's the, it's the sling action, it's the pin the arm. The only thing that might help him is it doesn't look like his head made contact with the ground, Spargo's mm. head. So that could be helpful to him. So I think they have quite within their rights to challenge it. But given the history of these sling tackles so far this year, I, th- I think it's unlikely he gets off. I could be wrong. I just think it's unlikely. Um, it's the action, really, Barra, that they're trying to get rid of, and I, and I agree with that. As much as I like Jager, uh, I'd be surprised if he gets off. The other one that really caught my attention was Zorko. So he's been given a week for that um, incident where um, it's... Pff, contact, I mean, to the, contact to the eye region of uh, the young bloke. And Luke Pedler, yeah. So if I was him, I, that's a lotto win. I would walk away with a week because um, probably deserves more. It's not a good look. He's got priors, and he's clearly fiddling around there for some time trying to find uh, an orifice to muck around with. An orifice? Well, an eye. He's looking for the socket. Actually, I'm not sure that's an orifice, but anyway. <laughs> look, uh, <laughs> Any portal into the body is, Barra. Yep. Yeah, hang on, mate. Hang on. Hey, <laughs> uh 
appeared to rub his right hand in the region of, uh, put it that way, a peddler's eye, yeah. So, yeah, I reckon, I reckon don't. I'm not sure if they're going to contend it, but I wouldn't be unhappy if they didn't because yeah. I, th- I think that's a fair cop. I think you've summed that up well, mate. Uh, let's talk about some happy stuff. Uh, Jai Amos getting the rising star. Now, I wrote in my quarterly report on Monday that um, surely now Amos gets a look in and thankfully they listened. That's how powerful we are here at the West Australian Barra. Uh, he got the rising star nomination, thoroughly deserves it. He's now, you can see the confidence growing week by week. Um, I think he's missed one of his last 10 set shots, so or 11 even. So he's really accurate, which is a rarity these days, the way they're kicking. So well done to Jai Amos and to Fremantle. Yeah, he's only uh, 196 centimetres. I was amazed how tall he was. Um, and, of course, 14 disposals, three tackles, six contested balls, three, three, six metres gained. Two goals of six, six goal in scores involvements and three gar- and three majors. It's a fair effort, and mm. he's been knocking on the door for a couple of weeks. I think he's kicked three two weeks in a row or three weeks in a row. So, just um, isn't it funny how it's turned around now? Like Tabernar, we early in the season or pre-season, we're thinking they can't do without Tabernar. He's going to have to step up. He's like the forgotten man now. Yeah, and, but he's out. And he could out injured. He could be on the market because he's not going to fit in there, is he? Well, they've said they've actually they've asked they were asked about Tabner and that long term injury list and the extra spot for Freo in the mid season draft. I don't think they're going to exercise that, so he'll remain on the list, which is good for Matt Tabner. So they'll just be looking to fill one spot in the mid season draft. But you're right, right now the way that forward line's functioning, um, it's going to be hard to get a spot. Although. Uh, the only downside to their great win over Melbourne was Sean Darcy's hamstring injury. They're talking three, four weeks. You'd be probably mm-hmm. more likely about four. So that puts a bit of pressure now on Luke Jackson, who was – we'll talk about him in a moment, but that was a magnificent game from him at the weekend. But he's going to be really rucking solo now. So that's extra pressure on him. Um, but two, things, two things to discuss there. Yep. One was um, Sean Darcy, okay – it, it does highlight the fact that they do have two good ruckmen. The fact that Darcy went down and then Luke, Luke just went in there, Jacko just went in there, and he just dominated against two of the best ruckmen in the competition. Yep. Um, so it makes it does make you think – I'm not saying this should happen, but it does make you think a little bit, do they need two very good ruckmen, and could they <laughs> – this will sound like sacrilege, given how, what Sean Darcy's form's been, but – I wonder if any of them are thinking about, well, Darcy's out. He's a free agent. Um, he's, he, is it time now before free agency to perhaps uh, do something? And Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm, loathe to, I'm loathe to even mention it because it sounds like... Well, our old, but what do you think? Our old mate Zoom has been talking that up for a while. Uh, he believes that's, that's a, possi- a distinct possibility. Um, to, great, know, to gain a great midfielder, another great yeah. midfielder, because perhaps they're one short and Fife is getting old, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's good. it's a really good call. It's worth considering for sure. And they, they should be considering all contingencies if they're doing their due diligence, which I'm sure they are. The only thing about that is I think Darcy rucking and Luke Jackson as a second ruck and even going in and playing that ruck roving role because he's as, he's as good at ground ball as he, as he is in the air, if not oh, better. Mate, phenomenal. So I don't want to put too much of a load on Luke Jackson. He's only 21, and I just hope he gets through this period okay because it is extra load. And uh, as you said last week, you know, took on Gorn and Grundy. Uh, 
I'll tell you what impressed me about Luke Jackson's game last week. He looked spent at three-quarter time, and rightly mm. so, because uh, Grundy went off... Uh, sorry, uh, Darcy went off early. But he, he just got... He borrowed some from the tank that probably wasn't there, Barra, and he got to yeah. work. And even late, when the Ds were still challenging, he got back and outmarked Gorn one-on-one there on the halfback flank, which I thought was really impressive stuff from him. So, well done. Before we get into the games, let's just talk about the mid-season draft. That's tomorrow night, Barra. Um, mm-hmm. The Eagles are only going to use one pick. They've confirmed that today. Jordan McArdle's got a story up on the West Australian that their uh, head of football, Gavin Bell, says they're not going to put Jermaine Jones, Cripps, Cole or Nick Nat on the long-term injury list and create an extra spot. They wanna, they're very hopeful those players will return in the second half of the year. But there is one spot available. And so the player most linked with them is um, the forward from um, Gippsland Power, and he's been playing a little bit with Box Hill, and that's Ryan Marich. Mm. Also uh, a, a tall from Claremont, Jack Buller, and um, the Subiaco quick Robert Hanson Jr. Uh, Fremantle, which, is, have one, which has one spot available we mentioned earlier, they've also been linked with Robert Hanson Jr., uh, now, he's nominated for an 18-month contract, and Peter Bell pointed out yesterday that some of the kids can nominate for um, shorter contracts, and if they're from interstate, would you be, li- be likely to take them on? So maybe they do go local here. Um, makes makes. I know they, they did go with um, Jai Colley last year, the Eagles, which is a really good get. Unfortunately, he's out with an ACL, but looks like he's going to give them something in the future. So there is talent there. And, of course, you mentioned earlier um, Jaden Hunter, um, who hopefully you do lose because, I, you know, for he, the kid's sake, you want him playing on an AFL list to see what he can do. Um, yeah. Unfortunately for you, it, it robs you of a, a really productive forward at the moment. But um, I'm sure in your heart of hearts, you would be wanting um, wanting him to get the best opportunity. And he's had a... He's had a real, you know, he's had a challenging journey. He did an ACL and um, when he was on the verge of being drafted and he's fought his way back and now looks like he may get onto an AFL list. Yeah, no one will be happier than me. Um, it, I've got to say, it is a weird system how they can pluck the best player out of another competition and, and you know, sort of curtail the efforts of, um, well, I, I wouldn't want to have been in finals contention, say, or say for Claremont, say Jack Buller goes, they lose arguably their best player mid-season. It's a strange scenario, isn't it? You get $10,000, that's all you get for it, $10,000. You can, if they're playing, if Buller goes to West Coast or goes to Fremantle, you can say, I don't want him playing against Claremont. So he misses that game. He can't play against Claremont when he's at Peel or when he's at West Coast uh, Waffle. But I thought the draft, and th- and this is not talking about Jaden or anyone else. I'm just philosophically, the mid-season draft is supposed to be about bolstering your um, player group for the rest of the year. Okay, for the rest of the season. Now, now with Jaden, um, I've got to be a bit careful here. But like he has come back from a knee reconstruction. He's been out for 12 months. He's played three or four senior games. Um, I don't. I'm not sure that he'll be able to be thrown into the AFL well he mustn't be because one of the clubs that was speaking um, about him um, was Richmond Essendon and and, uh, and the Dockers recently and now West Coast as well one of the VFL one of the uh, Victorian clubs was saying well you know if he doesn't play for us this year which is most likely he can bolster our VFL team 
And I'm thinking, is that really what you want to do? Why not just take him at the end of the year, you know? But but anyway, as long as the kid gets into the AFL, I suppose. But you, you get what I'm, where I'm coming I from? Do. Uh, yeah, Lewis? 100% I do, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not there to bolster the VFL, is it? You no, know no, I mean? no, no, no. I absolutely agree with what you're saying. Um, hopefully he gets an opportunity. You never know. Hey, let's talk about a few games at the weekend. Oh, hey, mate, just, yep. one, just before we move on from the yep. draft, Ryan Marich, I reckon he's a living certainty to go to West Coast. Okay. He? So seems that way. It seems that way. Yeah, he looks like the best kid in there. Top thirty. He would. They reckon he would be top thirty draft pick if he waited to the end of the year. Okay. So that's how good he is. So get him. He lost. Do you know he was one hundred and seventeen kilos? No, he lost. He lost twenty four kilos to uh, come knocking on the AFL's door. So, um, yeah, a really interesting story. Um, he's similar to Jai Cully. He works in like Coles or a packing house or something like that. Well, dare um, I say it, shelves. he gets dra- taken in the mid-season draft. He's playing this year. Yeah, well, he kicked two on the weekend for, is it Box Hill he plays for or whatever he plays for? So it didn't, didn't affect him. Angus Schumacher will be looked at too, I reckon. Yep. I really rate Angus Schumacher. Yep. And Buller, probably the state game didn't help him, so it feels like maybe... He doesn't go, but West Coast, I reckon they're going to take marriage. If they're just taking one, they're going to take marriage. Yep. Think, unless he has asked for that 18 months, and then that means, and what that means is obviously he comes over and you've got to pay him for 18 months when really some of them they let go at the end of the season, don't they? Yep, Which is, they do. Robert Hansen Jr. is, yeah, Fremantle. Looks, I reckon he looks pretty good too. If you're a kid, though, and you're getting an opportunity to spend six months on an AFL, I know it sounds harsh, but you've, you don't, unless you have to move your whole you know, family across, but these kids probably don't, but just the experience for six months on an AFL list that you wouldn't otherwise have got, I'd, if I was their age, I'd be champing at the bit for that because it's going oh, to grow absolutely. you, isn't it, regardless absolutely. of where, how it goes. It's going yeah, to grow absolutely. you. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about the two local teams and then go through a few of the other games. We'll obviously start with the great um, victory by Wallulup over Nam, Fremantle over Melbourne at the weekend, uh, 12 7 79 to 10 12 72. We've spoken about Jai Amos's game. We've spoken about Luke Jackson's game. Brayshaw and Sarong and O'Meara once again were there. Young, um, when it counted, he was back there taking um, intercept marks and doing his bit. Melbourne were. Uh, uh, Impressive in parts. I thought I really liked Petrarca's game. Uh, he's in recent weeks. Angus Brayshaw, Kasai Pickett was lively. Um, hey, did you see that the the Victorian uh, experts gave Petrarca three votes? It was a pretty good game. I pretty good. I liked to Luke Jackson. Yeah, hang I like Sarong, Sarong, and Brayshaw were sensational. How does Petrarca get three votes? And Luke Jackson losing, as well. Yeah, in a losing team. Well, it was only seven. Seriously, point. they don't they don't look at it properly. I've got to say. Okay, that's fair. Um, seven point loss. So it wasn't like it was a walloping, and he did play a really good game. But yeah, you're probably right. I think Andy I, was BOG. Yeah, wasn't I he? probably would have had, uh, or even Luke Jackson. I mean, it was a pretty impressive game. So you know what? I, the coaches' votes, which I actually happen to have in front of me, <laughs> yeah. uh, which will be uh, obviously very telling. Uh, Petraka got eight, and Luke Jackson got eight. So they got eight each. Um, mm. So there you go. Um, our Brayshaw six, Hayden Young three, Max Gorn two, Angus Brayshaw two, and Jager O'Meara one. I agree with all those votes. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe the mix is what we, where we differ. But look, great effort by um, uh, Wallyalup who beat them same venue, same round, twelve months earlier to stop that uh, winning run of Melbourne's. And um, no, I uh, it was a Jacko once said it's. 
deja vu all over again, my friend. <laughs> I just like the way that the four wins they've had in a row have been like really, it's, you call it incremental. So you had the, you know, they've been playing yeah. against better opposition each week. And each week, and this is taking nothing away from Frio's win, but each week the, opp- the opportunity's been there. There's just been a couple of players missing. So at the weekend it was Clayton Oliver and Lockie Hunter. and But the opposition... Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Darcy and Walters... Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not disputing yeah, that. So, that's, so, mate, it's even. That's uh, a load yeah. of bull. Don't fall for that Melbourne crap. That's that. They were that was fair cop. They they had two stars out, and and Fremantle had two stars out, which has led me to say, yep, that the top four teams in the competition at the moment, in my opinion, are Collingwood, Brisbane, Port Adelaide, and Fremantle. Now. He, what are you going to say? Top four. You've got Collingwood, Brisbane, Port, of course. Yeah, I've are got... Are you going to put Melbourne in there or Adelaide ahead of Dockers, or are you going to put Dockers top four at the moment? At the moment, I'm going to... At the moment. Right now, you'd have to have Frio in there. Right now, whether they finish top four you. or not, another question. But Pretty tough to do that, but but clearly at the moment, they're one of the top four teams, yeah, I'll throw, aren't they? I'll throw one at you, and we'll get on yeah. to this game now before we get to West Coast. What did, About four weeks ago, I reckon, yeah, and you ridiculed me. And you said, oh, you're kidding, aren't you? What did I say about the Saints? When they oh, were up about, they everyone right. was... They should have beaten Northland. They just, <laughs> they did the end there. Five straight. Matt, can, I can't believe you didn't tip your blokes. You must have been... Bit sheepish, I'm not prepared to pick Hawthorne um, on the back of a win over West Coast. You see, uh, Carolyn Wilson apologised to um, Sam Mitchell. <laughs> I didn't watch that. I didn't watch it, but for uh, saying that, for, for implying that, you know, that they were tanking. maybe that. <laughs> well, not so much. You know, I didn't use exactly that word, but you know that maybe things weren't. Uh, it was all about the future. It wasn't about this season. And they go and go bang on the Saints. Hawthorne had ten more scoring shots. So I don't, I know. yeah, so I'm not sure about the Saints at the moment. What I want to talk about in that game particularly um, is James Sicily. Now he's got a week for that um, high hit uh, on Caminiti, which he deserves. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a glancing blow, but you know they're, they're ruling that out. They're not happy with that action this year, and rightly they're ruling it out. So he he misses a week. Hawthorne have accepted that, but. 43 disposals, mm. the intercept king. And we've seen in recent weeks, you know, Darcy Moore and um, there have been just so many intercept defenders now are just getting it on their terms. Uh, are forwards not working hard enough, Barra? I don't know, but that was insane. 43 disposals for a defender like that. Amazing. You know what's funny about that high bump is that you would not have blinked an eyelid when I was playing on that one. That would not have even been thought about the, the game has changed a lot hasn't it yeah they just oh. they don't like head hits head high hits and we know that and i think that's a good thing and even if it's a glancing blow look you got to cop that and move on you and you know what let's be honest it's a pretty clumsy action he didn't need to do that and um it's, a fan, it's the only spoiler is in he that a bit loose is he, is he a bit, oh yeah well he, like, like, he's better than he was because he was remember you cast your mind back two or three years he was just really gettable you just get in his face and he'd just get all rolled up and he'd get suspended and give away 50 and now he's very uh, a much more disciplined player and he's now the captain of the team and that was a great captain's performance but unfortunately for that clumsy action now he's going to be unavailable uh, to take on Port Adelaide at Adelaide Oval but dare I say it how Port Adelaide are going at the moment and it's at home I don't think it's a bad week for him to miss to be honest you know good on him Uh, let's talk about West Coast so it was a 50 point loss and Let's be honest, um, I think it might have been Essendon's biggest win over West Coast here. But normally we'd be saying, oh, geez, that's a description. But 
I actually thought the 50-point effort, there was effort there. There was the 50-point loss. There was actually effort there from the team. And I we said this last week. If you get effort across most of four quarters, then you've got to walk away happy. But you didn't get that the week before. Mate, I... I'm still coming to grips with losing by 55 points and thinking that it's not too bad. 50, so, 50 uh, points. Let's give them those five. Po- yeah, yeah. 50 points. I'm not quite there. Oh, it's very hard for me to, uh, I've got to say, adjust to that. Oh, yeah, no, it was good. 50 mm. points. 50 points. Well, Adam wouldn't... Simpson said it was a minimum standard thereafter. I thought that was a good phrase to use because it is a minimum standard, but at least they got the minimum standard. They certainly didn't get it the way yeah. before. Shows how much they've fallen and, and, yep. and the injuries. So they had a couple of blokes back and uh, they won't get any back this week, but the week after they'll get McGovern and Shuey. So um, they definitely have bottomed out. I'll tell you what might backfire on the pies. And remember last year the Eggs did beat the well, pies. Well, they're, they're bunnies. They're yeah. bunnies. I don't know about their bunnies, but they did beat them in round four. And coming over here, and I'd noticed already that ex-players like Daisy Thomas are saying, uh, Collingwood, it's like the double buy, isn't it? Yeah, They've got nuts. a double buy here. And maybe we should rest some of our stars, maybe Ooh. Darcy Moore or Degoe or Pendles or Mayacek, even the Dacos brothers. I'll be interested to see if they do rest some blokes because that'll be a definite signal that, you know, the eggs will be a silliest of chances. Yeah, I can't see them winning, but uh, let's hope that doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, oh, actually, before we move on from that, kudos to Oscar Allen. So Oscar Allen, I think, has now kicked 29 games, another four at the weekend. Um, you know, given the lack of supply to that forward line this year, given how difficult it's been, that's been an um, inspirational effort for Oscar Allen to just stand up in the face of all adversity, adversity this year. Don't you agree? I do, mate, and it leads me to say that he is an absolute living certainty to be the captain next year. I reckon Shoe's Shoe. Uh, I hate to love Shuey, but he's definitely stepping down. And uh, I know that there's Duggan and there's Barras, but I think I think Oscar's shown, even just in that one match, that he he is the man. He can handle it. I'd be putting him straight in. I reckon Oscar Allen for captain next year. What, what say you? Yeah, I, look, he's definitely a future captain of that club. I've always been a bit more concerned. Okay, okay, so they were talking about it for this year, and I didn't like that idea. The reason being, he'd missed so much footy. He's still very young. He only played 50-odd games entering this season. So my concern was don't lumber him with the captaincy as well, where he's still trying to develop his own game. But right now, I think he looks like he's got... I, I'd be more likely to agree with that next year because he just looks like he's got leadership written all over him. His form's great. Once they start getting it right um, further up the field, he's going to kick a ton of goals for that club and play for, be one of their greats, in my opinion. So, yeah, I've got to say, uh, sometimes you see some of the young blokes given the captaincy and they develop with it. John Worsfold was one. Um, Wayne mm. Carey was one at North Melbourne. And so sometimes you give them, the, give them it young and it, and it works out okay and say, yes, I agree with and you. There's, and there's been a heap of key position players that have been captains. Yep. I can go back to Kernahan, Treadray. Um, t- Taylor Walker, who else? Dunstall for a while. Dunstall was for a while. Yeah, because Wayne Carey, you mentioned Carey, the great man. He's probably the greatest. Example. Terry Danaher. The, Terry Danaher the, back in Richmond's uh, Essendon's day. 
TD as well, yeah, Senar Fax, Senar Ford. Yeah, so there's been heaps of great examples. You don't have to be in the midfield necessarily. Um, let's let's yeah. whip through a few other games. So Yata Pulte, Port Adelaide, <laughs> um, held off a, a Richmond side. It was an intriguing game, played in very slippery conditions, which you'd think would suit Richmond, but just couldn't get it done for their um, – a debut caretaker coach Andrew McWalter. Uh, it was. A, I thought it was a really impressive win by um, Port Adelaide, given you know who they were playing, what the circumstances were. They they had a big first quarter, and then Richmond hit back, and they in that last quarter they were challenged, and they were just able to say, "Nah, we're winning this today." Another great game from Zach Butters. Um, their midfield's going all right, really. Butters, Houston, Horn, Francis, Rosie, um, and they've got that. Uh, Getting that contribution, um, you know, a lear, a lear in the back half. So they find themselves in second position. Uh, amazing yeah, stuff from that? Port Adelaide. Where do you reckon? Rich- that? What do you reckon, Richmond? Now, what happens to them? Is the have they gone over the edge of the cliff? Um, I'm saying they have. Yeah, it, it is. It is tricky, isn't it? I mean, I think they might rally again. But the story is really about Port, isn't it? They're, they're second. After two rounds, Warren Treadrace calling the coach's job untenable and he's got to go, Hinkley, and they're second. So, And now Koshy's got plenty of time to sort yeah. of mellow, mull over what he's going to do about the captaincy and what his board's going to do, uh, about the coaching job, I mean, now that he's going to be out of, out of the gig at sunrise. So, yeah, it's, it feels like they're going to have to put Hinkley back in, but they haven't done it yet, so that uh, that does worry us. Uh, Tarando, who's I've criticised him as much as anyone, but four goals, a great, a great effort, and two of them were, you know, uh, I think he kicked three, one, or no, four, one. So it's a good effort, um, and we have been criticising him for his kicking, so well done. Maybe what they need to do is Samson Ryan, you know, maybe they need to just lock him in and Jack Rewalt perhaps gets a bit of a rest because he looks tired and banged up. I think he's kicked one goal in the last three, four weeks. So um, he's going to be, I think, tapping out at the end of the year along with Trent Cotchin. And um, so that will mark a real, you know, delineation, if you like, a change in where they're going. Obviously, Damon Hardwick stepped down. You know they've got a lot to like in that in that squad still, but I think that they've cut, they've gone over the edge of the cliff, and now it's time to, to, right. to rebuild just, a bit. I was just looking at the stats. Port Adelaide has ten players under twenty four in that game, and Richmond had seven. Yeah. So yeah, uh, and how many of the Richmond seven are, are going to be long term players? So yeah, yeah, I think you, you think you're, you think you're right. Maybe you got out at the right time, old. Uh, Damien? Uh, we spoke about Collingwood. We won't spend much time on Collingwood North Melbourne. It was a funny old game. 35-point wins to, to win to Collingwood in the end. And you've got to say, six-goal final term for uh, North Melbourne. Nick Larkey kicked five goals. So credit to North. Uh, we don't smash them every week when they keep losing. They, 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 I thought they showed a bit of ticker. Adelaide-Brisbane was fascinating. The last game to finish uh, Sir Doug Nichols' round, the two weeks of it. And uh, I was uh, barracking for the tip here. I picked Adelaide at home. And they got up in the end. But it was only 18 points. You felt like it was really still in the balance with five minutes to go. Uh, another great effort from Dunkley and Charlie Cameron. Gee, putting together some sort of season. Another four goals from him. Lockie Neal. Um, but for Adelaide, uh, Jordan Dawson, gee, they've done well to pick him up, haven't they? What a great player he's been. Rory Laird had a ton of the ball. Um, Keys, O'Brien. Uh, they're just going all right, Adelaide, and that's after a week where they got pumped by the dogs in Ballarat, and the coach said it was the uppercut we need. Well, this was the answer they needed, and it was a pretty impressive effort. 
Mate, Richelli and Co. They got some great young players. They've Rankin done so Richelli. well. Yeah, they're the goals. The goal height highlight reel of Rankin and Richelli when they finish is going to be enormous. Those two. It looked like the Lions were wearing the wrong boots. They they seem to be slipping over all over the shop. I think Charlie Cameron at one stage, Jared Berry another time. I don't know. I, I wouldn't. I think they might have misjudged the ground as well, which can happen. But it was 17 points and well done to the Crows. Yeah, it's great to see them doing well. And I reckon that gives hope to teams like West Coast that you can turn around quickly. Now, we we spoke earlier about Ken Hinckley and we've spoken about Damien Harwick and we've spoken about Gold Coast and Stuart Jew. So, are these players now, is it possible they can save his career by playing finals? They're only one game out of it. They've beaten the Western Bulldogs. Uh, it's Matt Rowell, Noah Anderson. We, we talk about him every week, but, you know, well led by Jared Witts in the ruck. Lacosius kicked five goals um, at the weekend. And my man, what a funny old fella, Bailey Humphrey. He's an ear picker. Yeah, he could be the yeah, best. Yeah. They talk about this draft as being like the super draft of 2001. He could be the yeah. best of them, this kid. He's a good player. I tell you what, Matt Rowell's going all right, though. Oh, Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. He's got to keep eating that grass. I don't know what, what, <laughs> what he's what, – mate, that's working beautifully I'd forgotten for about that. You see him getting, uh, getting interviewed about it, talking about how it's almost a zen thing, how he's sort of getting as one with the surface or the mm. ground or whatever. And I, I kind of get that. I get that you want to – be part of you know suck it up and you normally breathe it in but not eat it but, i don't care mate, what he does <laughs> if he keeps producing that every week i'd be out there with a shovel of grass if i was Stuart jew and saying eat all of it because uh, mate, is that a, bloody ma- magnificent was that just a reminder because you know I, I picked the western bulldogs for second position they're now sixth um going okay but i guess what we've got to start thinking is it's no shame to go up to you know um well, this was in uh, Darwin, uh, either the Gold Coast or Darwin. It is more humid, it is more slippery. But up there in Darwin, they reckon when you play, the humidity gets you early, so you, you fatigue earlier, and they reckon the biggest thing is the ball drop. They reckon it's really hard to b- drop the ball because it's so slippery. That's what all the visiting teams say. So they play two games a year in Darwin at the moment, Barra. Maybe they should play more, the Gold Coast. Yeah, well... Point of difference... I'll tell you what, Stewie Jew, I do feel for him because you've got um, the big kahuna just circling out there, Damien Hardwick. I think someone has already said that Hardwick's, they think he's going to be coaching the Suns. So tell you what, if he slips would... into finals, they go, they make finals for the first time in their career and Stuart Jew's at the helm, you couldn't sack him. Mate, they ain't making finals, my friend. Okay. You've still got, you've still got to get Adelaide in there yep. and Fremantle. Adelaide and Fremantle. What about Geelong? Yeah. You're calling Geelong out. They're not going to play finals. I, I reckon Chris Scott might be getting a bit worried there. I'm not going to. I'm not prepared to write him off for finals. So yet, who who slips out? That's in the finals right now. So Collingwood, Port, Brisbane will make it. Melbourne will make the eight. St Kilda, Bulldogs, Adelaide, Essendon. Which of those four slips out? Mate, three of those could go out. Name them, as you know. Name them. St Kilda. Ah, Essendon. hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. <laughs> I'm saying could go out. <laughs> ah, I need to sh- – our producer, Shannon, and next week I'm going to get her to dig out that audio from about four weeks ago where you ridiculed me. Ma- no, I didn't re- – I- I- I'm still keeping the faith in, faith in Ross Lyon. You've got to keep the faith in, in faith in Ross, don't you? But yeah. Fremantle, Fremantle they, 
having a look at their draw and that, they're, they're massive, massive chance to play. So I reckon, I reckon Fremantle and Geelong come in, and I reckon either one of St Kilda, Adelaide, and Essendon go out. So, I, and yeah. you know, I think. Essendon and St Kilda are the most likely at the moment because I like where Adelaide's going and I like they've got home games still to come. Let's move on quickly. Uh, GWS v Geelong Barra. And, of course, we all picked Geelong last week because you don't expect them to lose another one. In, well, it was three in a, this is the second time they've lost three in a row this year. Also, the fact it was at GMHBA. But I didn't do my homework well enough because after that game, I realised that's three in a row GWS have won at the Cattery. Which is no one goes there and wins three in a row. So they play the ground well. It's a difficult, long, thin ground to play. Once again, Toby Green with four goals. Um, Shorty Daniels is going all right as well. Tom Green's had a ripping year. Whitfield back to form. And Geelong, they're just missing those mids. Dangerfield, Duncan in particular, um, they really are missing them. So, uh, you know, look, I still expect them to finish in the top bottom end of the eight. But. That's and that's to be frank. That's pretty well where I picked them this year. So, um, you know, they'd, I think- have to, they'd have to get some unbelievable momentum to to challenge for the flag. Now, though, you yep. could almost say that you know they're not going back to back. Almost, you could almost say that now, couldn't you? Yeah, you could. And you could, look, Kingsley's done a pretty good job, in my opinion. They've had one big loss, and that was to Collingwood, and no shame there. Uh, but all their losses have been. Uh, pretty, you know, within the three three to four goal maximum range. So they've been honourable losses. They've had four wins. So they're not far away, the Giants. And I picked them to finish last. I've got that, I've got that wrong. So I think... Well, Toby, Green, Toby Green, he's a great player, isn't he? Oh, yeah. And he's, he's the, he's the talisman, Barra, what you call the yep. talisman. He's the, the guy. The talisman. They all get behind him. They walk taller when he's out there, so well done to him. Look, the last game we didn't touch on, the first game of the round was Sydney with a 26-point victory against Carlton. And I'll just point out here, it's not, um, you know, rocket science. 6-15, Carlton. 6-15. So many set shots. Now, some of them are on acute angles, but that's just missing too many opportunities, Carlton. And when your midfield works, you know, so hard to get it down there. And and we've seen their running patterns. I think there's a lot of confusion down there at the moment. It's just not sinking. You really. What about, you mentioned the goal kicking. I mean, Harry Mackay, I mean, I was staggered. I I Googled Harry Mackay to see how he's travelling, you know, what his contract situation is. Did you know he's got a contract until, you ready for it? Yep, 2030. I knew 2030. that. 2030. Yeah. <laughs> Can you sign him to 2030? Obviously, free agency and all the rest of it. But I tell you what, would they be looking, if a club was prepared, well, I, I even tossed up, would West Coast look at taking him if Carlton paid a lot of that contract and gave him a pick or Fisher as well? You know, would they think about giving up the number one draft pick for well, here's one. their there, first round pick? Yeah, well, there were suggestions last Harry night. McCoy. Sydney should look at it because at the end of this year, Buddy Franklin, that'll be the end of his career. So there'll be a fair bit of salary cap space freed up. Now, you've got Logan McDonald, um, but you need another forward there. So it w- wouldn't be the worst decision ever to have Mackay there in that forward line to help Logan McDonald mm. out. You take on his salary, which you can, and you never know. Just playing a lot of your footy at the SCG might just help yeah. him. Might just help him. So, Not a silly idea. So in, in the range of... Barry Hall and Tony Lockett and all the rest of them, yeah. That's not a bad idea, Buddy Franklin. Yep, yep. What about Nick Blakey? The lizard. <laughs> he looks like a lizard. That's This is not derogatory about him as a bloke. I'm just saying the way he moves, he looks got that lizard action, hasn't he? 
He's magnificent for the SCG too, because as you know, when you play there, if you can if you can cut through the middle and get w- towards the end of the square, you can have a you know you're making real inroads into the opposition. You're really damaging. I, he did that a couple of times. I agree. Like a couple of those runs. I agree. He's a really good player, but when you're allowed to take intercept marks in that D that D fifty area, and you've got Kerno and Mc- and you just. Mate, those forwards need to work harder. When the, it, it's not about just taking. It was marks. Harry McCoy, wasn't it? Yeah, wasn't it, it Harry McCoy? as well. <laughs> Kerno as well. But you, it's not about. He t- couldn't stay with him, mate. Who could stay with the lizard? It was unbelievable. The lizard. When How quick? How's the way he bounces the ball? He kind of throws it out in front of him, runs onto it. It's quite remarkable. It is, but in those, it contested- is. You know, it's really hard to bounce like that. I, I did that at the G once, and b- the ball bounced back over my head. Back of my head, and my opponent got it and ran down, kicked a goal. It's very easy. It's very hard going through the middle of a cricket ground to lose the ball. Mate, yeah. He's a genius. That was really good. The only thing I'd say is, you know, with just back to the contested marking in that D50 area, you know, it's not just your job to take marks and kick goals as the Carlton forwards. It's your job to bring the ball to ground and make a contest, and they weren't doing that enough at the weekend. So that's enough I'll say on it. Baron, now it's time for this. Saddle up your camel. It's time for the Thirsty Camel Mailbag. Thank you to Thirsty Camel. We are going giving away a 30-can block of Great Northern Super Crisp. We will do that on Thursday. A few emails to get through here, Barra. The first one from my old mate, Wazza. So Wazza is actually has his own podcast. It's the Eagle Nation podcast and the West Coast Eagles TNG Facebook group. We don't mind a bit of cross-pollination, Barra. And um, Wazza is a really good rusted on Eagle. So well done, mate. His email. Um, just want to run past your thinking on an idea we spoke about on our last podcast show. Dan McCormack, one of my co-hosts, said, why don't clubs use the sub in a certain way? His was to prolong the careers of older players and the sub could only be used by clubs for a player 30 years plus. So, for example, Luke Shuey, maybe you're going to retire, but we'll give you a year more, but you are the sub only in every match you fit. This way you're used for impact and may get one quarter a game, maybe two tops. The odd full game if injuries. Frio sort of did it with five, so maybe it has some merit. Um, do I think it had any legs or clubs, clubs wouldn't go for it? Keep up the good work regards. Was I? I love the idea. I just don't think you should put an age, age limit on it because that prohibits you. But, yeah, I really like the idea of, of saying to older players, you know, unofficially, we're going to make you the sub most weeks and you're coming on for impact. I like it. Your thoughts? Yeah, I suppose the only thing is um, it's the old standing in the way of a young bloke, aren't you? You know what I mean? In some ways... Um, the more you promote the young blokes, the more you bring them through. Just just have a look at Collingwood and you're thinking, Phew. you know, the more you give those kids opportunity, they're just they're phenomenal. But I, I get it's romantic and nostalgic and that sort of stuff and, and, then, and seeing them for a quarter – Great names like Lockett or Fife or something like that, probably. Yeah, maybe. Maybe looked at, yeah. Hey, fellas. After seeing Caleb Sarong on the news with Barra and hearing Andy talk on Will Schofield's podcast this week, geez, we've given a few podcasts a plug this week. Of course, Quarters and Barra's the number one, but uh, it again reminded me of why one or both of these two will be future captains of the Fremantle Football Club. They're smart, speak very well, and their performance on the field speaks for itself. I've never been a fan of co-captains, but in this case, how can you speak? them what's your opinion on them sharing the captain duties when they're inevitably nominated doug barra yeah that's that is tricky uh, how to split those two i've been thinking about it too and they couldn't do it this year they thought oh let's not put the pressure on them let's put pierce in 
even though Fife, now as it turns out, Fife could probably have stayed as captain, but you know they moved to Pierce. Um, oh, Brayshaw, he is a lot like Oscar Allen, I reckon. A very solid, straight shooter, hard worker, quality person, and Caleb's a bit the same. So uh, yeah, they're in a, fa- a very fortunate situation. Maybe they do go co-captains. Um, I'm sure Peter Bell will be applying his giant brain to that uh, next year sometime. Yep. Uh, High Quarters and Barra, what do you think about Nam versus Wallulup being a permanent Sir Doug Nichols round fixture, alternating between Perth and Melbourne? They should have a Jeff Farmer medal. Keep up the good work. Regards, Michael. I love the idea. Um, maybe second round of the Sir Doug Nichols round, because I think the first round of Sir Doug Nichols round should be a derby. Because I think it would get yeah, that's right. You're onto that. Uh, but yeah, I love I love the idea. I, I like the Jeff, I, like, I like the Jeff Farmer medal. It's a great idea, isn't it? That's a good the email wizard, from Michael. Mate, how good was the wizard? What about when he kicked nine one day and with those hangers he used to take, mate? Jeff Farmer, he was sensational. And we should um, mention it too. What a great uh, fixture it is now. The Sir Doug Nichols round goes over two weeks, gives every club an opportunity. I just love it. It's it's, it's my favourite time of the year, apart from let's of the home and away season. I just love the way it works. So well done. Apart from the, Anzac Day. Yeah. No, nah, I like this one. This this is the round that really I love it. I love Anzac Day, mate. Don't get me wrong, but this I really like this round. Uh this one from Andrew, High Quarters and Barrow. Would Mark McGowan have the skill set to coach an AFL team? Maybe a team could relocate and become the Rockingham Tigers. Well mate, would you put it past him? I think he's going to have a bit more of a spell than that. But um, the Rockingham Tigers is the third team. Well, there's going to have to be a new team in the AFL somewhere once Tasmania comes in. So, um, Rockingham, yeah, why not? Bugger it. Mandra, Mandra, Rockingham. Tell you what, if he was – they reckon politics is tough, but imagine put him in charge of the Eagles. I reckon he'd say that would be harder than uh, leading state politics at the moment. Now, Barra, this one from Chris, and he's not happy with us, so I'll read it out. Quarters and Barra, could you please spend less time talking about sacking coaches and more time talking about football? I, for one, am sick and tired of media trying to get coaches sacked. You spent most of Monday, Tuesday's pod talking, it was Tuesday, pod talking about Dimmer quitting and how he should take over at either Port or Gold Coast. Both these teams still have coaches, so please stop with this. Chris, we take your point. It's a very yep. good point, and thank you for it. The only thing I will say, um, oh, we were always going to talk about Dimmer because that was the not, that was the morning of. So uh, we're obviously but sacking the other blokes. So, no, yeah, makes, that's fair. That's he a fair. He makes, he makes a good point. And he you does. know what? Anyone who's been under pressure at their job or lost their job or almost lost their job, it is a very stressful time. And you're right. And we've seen, we've just seen with Mark McGowan stepping down that, you know, there's a lot of pressure in these high-profile high jobs. So, yeah, why add to it? No, I'm with, nice one, mate. Thank you, mate. Last one here from Mrs Longmuir. Uh, two things. Apparently, Hardwick quitting could trigger a coaching merry-go-round. Same theme here. Didn't he quit because of burnout? Does the burnout reason become untrue if he jumps into another coaching job this year or even next? And has Ken Hinckley really improved or has Josh Carr's arrival caused the improvement? First one, uh, I think he, I, I, I think he genuinely is burnout, Damien Hardwick, and I think that's the whole point. He'll... Um, Nice. Uh, we could get control of your dog, Barra. Um, Sorry, mate. Three pugs. <laughs> uh, I think he was burnt out, but I think a nice little, uh, you know, stint away from football for the next six or six months will help him. And I, I expect him at the age of fifty to be back coaching uh, soon. And Ken Hinckley, he's still a baby. Yeah. And Ken- Josh Carr. Josh Carr is highly regarded. 
yep. at Fremantle, extremely highly regarded. And in some ways, transitioning out of Josh Carr might have been part of the problems yep. that they had early on. They're, they're trying to get the midfield going, and they've they've worked it out now. But um, he's certainly highly regarded. But I think Hinkley is no mug as well. I'm hoping that he gets reappointed because they've won. What's he won now? Nine straight. Nine mm. straight. Incredible. Well, thank you for your mail. Please send them in to quartersandbarra at wanews.com.au. Please include your details and and your name and keep them as short as possible. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, we will be back on Thursday to preview uh, the next round of football. You've been listening to Quarters and Barra. We are brought to you by Tap Touch. Please gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help on 1800-858-858. That's 1800-858-858 if you have any issues. Barra, I will talk to you on Thursday. Get well. Thank you, my friend. See you then. If you're a fan of the podcast, why don't you get in touch? Send your thoughts to the Thirsty Camel mailbag at quarters and barra at wanews.com.au. And don't forget to like, subscribe and, of course, tell your mates. This has been The Game with Quarters and Barra.